Could I see the master of the house? He's been dead 15 years now. But if you'll come in, I'll ask him if he can see you. Sergeant, yeah, it's you! It's just it's him. <laughs> you great steaming yet! What are you trying to do? Ride me to death! Harry, I scream in. It's carry on screaming. Not now. Screaming with laughter, of course, as Peter Rogers and Gerald Thomas invite you to join the carry on crowd on a riotous ride through the realms of hilarious horror. Harry H. Corbett. All right, Mr. Potter. All we want to know is, where is it? Well, love me, it's your police station. You ought to know where it is. Take your boots off. We're investigating a barefoot robbery. Are you sure those are your feet? Of course they're mine. Who do you think they are? Sergeant, only five toes. Well, how many am I supposed to have? Six! Where's the other one, eh? What have you done with it? Jim Dale. Do you happen to know what Doris was wearing? A dark green jacket and a long green skirt. Did you get that down? Oh no, as I said, I've only known her a year. Kenneth Williams as Dr. Watt, who's been dead for 15 years, but just won't take it lying down. Here again. After. The same as he was after last night, I imagine. Fenella Fielding, who causes the copper to come a cropper. Yes, but I don't think you're very experienced in the ways of love. If you want to know the way, Ask a policeman. Charles Hawtrey as Dan Dan, the, uh, the... Don't look. Is he... drowned? Joan Sims. Cinnamon, you have been drinking. So, this is the step on the final path, is it? Well, you can't say my mother didn't warn me. Angela Douglas, innocent victim of a crazy collection of crooks. And two of the most lovable monsters ever seen on the cinema screen. I do wish Junior would learn to use the door. It's Carry On Screaming. Transmission will start in five seconds from now. apologised about the length. Mm. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Waffle On Podcast, the podcast dedicated to classic films and the TV show from around the world and not 
about precision measuring tools, like me and Kel was just talking about. That's true. Yeah, yeah. That, that was very precise. It was very precise, mm. very lengthy. Hi, my name's Simon Reddings. And I'm uh, Mark C. Kel. Did you have to pause there for any? Was that dramatical pause? It was dramatic was pause. It no, it was a dramatic pause. It's yeah, like theatrical. Was it? Yeah, it's a, you know, like, I'm like uh, thinking... Uh, uh, Black out of the second. Whoa! Kenneth Carter in that. I, 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 ah, well, nice, so, uh, nice tune. There you yeah. go, I hey, see. So I put a link into a finger. Interesting fact that he's not actually in this film. I know, but he, <laughs> yeah, so, he could have been in this film, though, because I love Kenneth Carter. Let's, 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 As, yeah, let's you, talk about Carry On next week. You've been in a big Yeah, we're doing a new podcast before the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, but, welcome to the show. Anyway, but, uh, what are we talking about today, Carol? We're talking about Carry On Screaming. And why are we talking about Carry because On Because it's Halloween and it probably is... Mm, well, I used to say it was the best Carry On film when it was... Uh, right, when, when I you was, was younger. When I was 14. <laughs> yes. Now, this is the first time I've watched the film in about 20 years. Mm. And I'd say it's not the best Carry On film. Now, what would you say is the best Carry On film? Mm. Now, you know, I was thinking about when I was watching it, right... It, I always think, right, if an alien come down and said, right, I want, show me, like music, but show me carry-on films. In one film, show mm. me everything that's good and bad about a carry-on. You know what I'd say? It's carry-on camping. I've just got everything that's good about it yeah. and everything that is highly dodgy, <laughs> as you were saying. It's well, yeah, because when I was younger, and we were talking about this. We were talking about this later on. Actually, you no, know, let's, not, let's not get into the... Let's not, Gal. Yeah. Let's hold our horses back. Because <laughs> that would be the shortest right. podcast ever. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't... We, haven't, we, haven't talk, we, we need to talk about things first. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's we, get we've got stuff to talk about. And first of all, let's talk about... Um, and the new Doctor Who, three yeah. episodes in. I'm loving it. Uh, yeah. The latest one about Rosa Rosa Parks was genius. Yeah, I, like I said, I am going to watch it, but I generally wait till it's finished and then I'll watch it in yeah. uh, my own time. Are you one of these people who wait till the hype's gone? See, uh, yeah. I'm like that. About I, don't like the, bad. I don't like the papers <laughs> talking about things all the while because no. I said, because it makes me not want to watch it then. Mm. So I just try to forget about it. I read like Ali Ross's thing today, that was it. But generally, I try not to read any, you know, I'm on another fan site. I just want yeah. to watch it myself. When it's quite calm down, yeah. I will watch it. Cool. Well, more likely, I'm more likely to watch the second series because it's all gone away then. And it's, it's a bit more proper. Oh, no, I think, I think you need to watch I mean, there's, I will watch the it. episodes are cracking. I will watch I mean, it. Like, I watched the Peter Capaldi ones, mm. but that first series he was so bad, first I two, did not want to watch it first because two it was rubbish sci-fi. Yeah, I think the first two series were not very good. His last series was the yeah. equivalent to Peter Davison's last series. Um, this new one with Jodie Whittaker um, is, I think, absolutely brilliant. Really What's she liking it? Because I can find her a wee bit of irritating in real uh, life. Well, I think her first, the first episode, obviously, she's getting a... I mean, obviously, the first episode is very rarely the first episode ever filmed. But, I mean, um, this last one, I thought she's really found her doctor. I quite like... I mean, I do like the, the kind of like the Huddersfield-style accent anyway. I quite yeah. like that. And I think the fact she keeps it is, I think, is even more endearing. Um I think she's great. I think she's found her own way. You know, obviously she's still building up her role. No Doctor ever comes in straight away, apart from Hartnell because he, he originated the role. Yeah, yeah. Um, but well, I was saying, um, Matt Smith. Matt Smith. There was a lot of people in trepidation about him for the first few. Well, that's because he was he was the youngest actor to play. Yeah, yeah. And I people think love Tennant, didn't they? Yeah, and I think actually Matt Smith's one of the best doctors ever because he, he encompassed the. He's uh, my favourite all-time doctor. Oh, he's brilliant. He's really my favourite all-time doctor because I'm not a massive fan of yeah, but if I have to pick. What if I was going to watch one? Like sometimes, sometimes doing them on Netflix. So I watch a Matt Smith one. Yeah, just I'm because the same I, 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 you know, uh, well, I've knew who all time who. I'd say all time who really oh, right, because I can watch it. Like I said, you know, I like with him. 
He's got. Uh, it can be really funny, and then he can just have a change of expression. You think yeah, he's really serious, and yeah, I like that. I, I like that. sort of T.I. doing yeah. acting, yeah. and you know, sometimes you know, David Tennant. I thought he was a bit theatrical and a bit, mm. a bit. bit we talked about this before, haven't we? But yeah, I'm right. saying it, so I will give it a go when when it's. When it's been done, we in for a treat. We in for a treat. Going back to old style Doctor Who of doing historical stuff. Like I sat there watching with my nine year old. What was it about? Who, yeah, teaching it was, kids history. Uh, that was uh, the point. Really. Well, the BBC was always about teaching and entertaining. That yeah, was that's it. Uh, that's that. There's the three words. Yeah. Now, I mean, I, I sat and watched it with my nine year old, and she had no. Obviously, she she's, she has no idea about segregation and mm. and, and and the problems are like with the bus. Uh, demonstration all that in America um, because it doesn't happen you know nowadays where you kind of hope it doesn't happen it yeah. still does obviously yeah. happen in past but um, it, we had to then explain to, which is great because she she was ex- asking about questions yeah. you know it's sort of like, a bit like uh, in the beginning of Shining see he's so <laughs> yeah. um, also I think can we, we went to um, I mean it was my, I thought my, my, I, words fail me yeah, yeah. Uh, we went to the Star Trek yeah. experience no, or I, I, you know. well, we, 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 we went with a friend of ours yeah. Yeah, didn't we no it was on my bucket list to go to a Star Trek convention. Is that because bucket, I've bucket read meeting? all about it mm. and they sound amazing in America. They do sound amazing. And it's like, all right, everyone's having a laugh together, the panels are out and mm. And, you know, it, I've never been so crestfallen. <laughs> Not completely, because there were some things that were worth going for, but whether it was worth 30 English pounds, Oof. like the museum stuff was quite good. Even though it was a private collection, I thought it was going to be from... Uh, and you know, from the comp, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, and yeah. uh, Gemma, but it was. I like that. I like some of the mirror darkly stuff. It was quite good. Mm. Thirty quid. No, I mean we got. This, I mean Michael Moore was there, wasn't he? Not the bowling for. Yeah, line. saw some um, of the people. We that saw, was quite yeah, good. The one from Walking Dead. Uh, yeah, Martin yeah, we saw Burner. her. Didn't we saw Odo. Odo, he looked good. Yeah, yeah we right. saw Crusher. Oh. Terry Farrell. Terry Farrell, we saw Crusher. Uh, Marina Sirtis. We've missed fucking Shatner, he'd been there, uh, haven't we? Which well, I still don't believe he was well, sitting on yeah, that bit there. It was lunchtime, and there's no way we gonna, <laughs> Shatner was going to miss his lunch, was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and he was really, he was just... It, it looked, cavernous, well, weren't it? And so I, we, I haven't asked. I haven't asked you, but I will ask Phil. Uh, Phil, who uh, uh, one of our Waffle listeners who um, who went, he went on the Saturday, and I, but he hasn't. Phil's only one someone who will will post stuff like I got this and that, and he, he's a you know pretty uber yeah. geek. He's yeah. his profile pictures of him sitting in the captain's chair. Yeah. But I mean, excuse me, the captain. You know, we we were we were told. And we was going to do this. In fact, we, we, we mentioned it briefly on the last episode. It was a pretty idea for a picture. We was going to have, me and you, on the bridge of the Enterprise. You were going to be Kurt. Yeah. I was going to stand up and be Miller Spock, because yeah, I've got yeah, a great yeah. beard at the moment. We had a bit of... Or, or, or we was going to do TNG, and I was going to do the classic Vicarette leg up. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I am, it, was, it, was oh. like, it was like I'd made it out of cardboard. I can't believe people are paying for it as well. Oh. Because... I, I do not believe that when it was in London up until about three years ago, they mm. used that stuff. No. Quark's Bar looked nothing like Quark's Bar. <laughs> well, it's you... like just a bottle and a... Oh, <laughs> it's like you were saying, the classics, everything was wrong. Everything was it's wrong. Like, it's not just the point, you might as well just... At least with the other one, it was a green screen. Now I can understand why they had the green screen bit for... Yeah. Because so that was in the modern one. With the, uh, yeah. I know, it was on a... Bird of Prey, weren't it? It was a bird of Prey. And I couldn't stand now, but I stayed paying £30 to have a green screen. But compared to that, but basically it looked like bathroom chairs... Well, white chairs. You could, it's like, I spent. I spent more money. I spent. I didn't buy anything there apart from a beer and a pork roll. Yeah. You got a free poster. I got a mate Shelley got herself a pint of cider, some chippies, oh, and, and a badge, and some a badge. And then I bet I spent ten quid in the lint shop. Yeah, it was yeah. all world, which was nice. Like even the stalls weren't that good. 
No, well, we used to I still, wish that, I, I still wish I would have bought the Scotty van. Because <laughs> it was the worst, worst tie-in to Corgi ever. <laughs> I, was, I know. The funny thing is, right, is that when you were going to get your chips, right, I said I, I sat there and said to Shelley, I said that, you know, the one thing that I, I just don't get is is these Corgi kind of things where you've got Battlestar Galactica or Darth Vader's truck. <laughs> it's it's like, when? I like that it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. But then, Scotty, 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 he's not even a major character. Why would he drive the van of his back and side? Doesn't make any sense. That's that worst toy ever, though, with a helmet. I would have bought that, but yeah. not in my way. Because everyone would have gone, you went there and spending 40 quid on that. We well, do like your hats. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but so, that, that's but the worst helmet, time ever. A helmet with an orange no. on top with the word Spock written on the Yeah, I, I tell you what. So I just hope it was a. Like we said, it, maybe we went on the wrong day. It might have been different on the Saturday. I think we I, went to the wrong event. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> it couldn't have been like that. I don't. On the Saturday. Well, I'm sure we would have seen a lot more complaints. So as you said, maybe people sold out and stuff and they just went, but that's still, that means people should get refunded because we paid 30 quid to so, go and, you know, we thought we was going to get like loads of stalls and that, and I like my annuals and I wanted to buy a couple of annuals and no, nothing. As you say, the, the clothing there was pretty poor. Well, you know, unofficial. unofficial I thought stuff. I was going to get the tunic. Yeah. When I walked in, tunic, when I walked you know? in, my wife said, you got your tunic then. Mm. I said, if you would have bought it, said it was awful. Didn't have badges on it or anything you know, like that. Yeah, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll have a chat with our friends Jen and Angela from Anomaly because they have that they have the amazing Star Trek clothes that they wear at their cons, right? And now I don't know if Jen had hers made or if she bought it. I'll ask her, I'll send her a message later on. Yeah. And uh, find out. So anyway, anyway, anyway. It was anyway. just it just we just disappointing, weren't it? It was. We well, talked about it for years going to one of them. We're even gonna go to London and go to it. If you've got loads of money. You probably could have an amazing time. No, I don't think we you ain't, could. Yeah, we <laughs> I ain't paying five hundred pounds to go behind a curtain. Like I said to you, it's like that extra episode of extras, weren't it? When yeah. you sit in the VIP, then I think it's a rope. She's paying five hundred pounds to go behind a curtain. As far as I'm concerned, the only time I've ever had a good time behind a curtain was in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's like. There's rip fans off, and that's what it is. Yeah, and as rip. you said, you pointed out the right thing. But this is totally what Star Trek is not about. Elitist, anti-elitist, anti-elitist. Oh, you've got more money. What makes you like Star Trek more than me? Mm. Just because you got more money? Yeah. Bullshit. Bullshit. Mommy language there, but it's I hate stuff like that. I told you, I've got to think about that. Just because you've got more money, don't mean you like it more. No. And if it was an over a Doctor Who one, it'd probably be the same, wouldn't it? I think Doctor Who one's a little bit different because. Although at the um, at the last memorabilia show, uh, Christopher Eccleston was there, and he was charging like ninety pound a ticket. But the funny thing like is, <laughs> but then when you go to somewhere like, and I've not been, but I know a few people that have who've been to Hooverville, which is I think in Derby, and that's around about September every year. It's a total opposite because yeah. it's kind of like it's a fan base kind of thing. So, you, but you still get good guests, you know, yeah, really yeah. good guests. And occasionally you get one of the doctors on the coil, kind of yeah. like. Well, I think I, I think you're you probably know. right. It'd be better if it's probably an unofficial one because I heard about the yeah. the. the, the uh, you know, Anthony and that, you know, used to go to the, like, the, the Red Bull. Oh, the Red Bull. Well, like after, didn't they? Everyone was just watching it, having a lot of drink together. And yeah, and that was in Birmingham. Yeah, it's like, we should have gone to one <laughs> I don't think, a Dimension Jump, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Dimension Jump. I don't, I don't think so. Still, still, I don't Well, they've not talked about it, so maybe they're, no. oh, we'll have to ask them next time we see yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Cal, yeah, let's yeah. go on to the subject. And what do we do? We play some, well, we play a very unusual thing, Jude. Screaming. Cause when you 
screaming, I know that you're dreaming of me. The clock striking midnight, the moon's riding high, the bat flutters by. Everybody's getting goose pimples, cold icy fingers that run up your spine. Mm, whoa, whoa, whoa. Come closer, come closer. Those fingers that you're feeling on mine. So carry on screaming, carry on screaming. Cause when you're screaming, I know that you're dreaming of me. Each single heart beats a sickening thud, curls the blood. Oh, baby, ain't it romantic? I've locked the door and I've swallowed the key. Mm, whoa, whoa, whoa. Come closer, come closer. Cause you bring out the monster in me. So carry on screaming, carry on screaming. Cause when you're screaming, I know that you're dreaming of me. Okay, and that was uh, indeed the film version only. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why it says film version only because it's on the DVD which we watched but um, this was of course the own, one of the only uh, vocal uh, theme tunes yeah, yeah. Uh, it was credited as Anon uh, and was thought to have been sung by Jim Dale who of course appears in the film but the singer is actually Ray Pilgrim a session singer who sang for the Embassy label uh-huh. now a vinyl 45 RPM version of the song was also released in 1966 for those record collectors out there, this is Columbia DB7972 by vocalist Boz Burrell. Uh, and of course, Boz Burrell, this was before he became the bassist in the bands King Crimson and oh, Bad. Right. It's Company. got some really bizarre lyrics where it's like, carry on screaming because you'll be thinking about me. What does that mean? I don't, I don't know. It, it's got dark edge, isn't it? It's like, well, <laughs> when you're screaming, just, generally, yeah. you'd be thinking the person trying to get you if you're screaming. It depends if it's what kind of screaming though. I mean, would well, it be, uh, be that kind of screaming? Oh, is this Caviar Emmanuel style screaming? Now, this was, of course, directed, as always, by Gerald Thomas and produced by Peter Rogers. Now, we've already done a podcast on the Caviar films, and if you haven't listened to it, it is in our archives. Please go and have a look. And we go into more detail about all the actors who are in the Caviar yeah. films then. We're not going to go into that uh, too much today. Um, it, star- it was written by Talbot Rothwell and starred Harry H. Corbett, Kenneth Williams, Jim Dale, Charles Hawtrey. Uh, the wonderful Fenella Fielding, who sadly passed away only a, a couple of months yeah, yeah. ago. Joan Sims, Angela Douglas, uh, Bernard Breslau, and Peter Butterworth. General music by was by uh, Eric Rogers. This was the fa- last film to be done by Anglo Amalgamated. Yeah. And it was a Peter Rogers production. Uh, it's one of the longest carry-on films, running at 97 minutes, and that says something. And it was released on the 16th of August, 1966. Can you hazard a guess? of what the budget was. Wow. It probably couldn't have been much because they probably used old sets. So, was it about three million? Three million? Yeah. Three million. 197,000. What? That wasn't a lot, eh? No. So, there you go. So, um, let's go. When you actually think about it. Yeah. Actually, they used a lot of outdoor scenes in this. Now, uh, there is a couple of wonderful books out there. I've got um, two books, which I sorry I should have wrote down. One was called Carry On Confidential. And another one is a hardback book with loads of behind-the-scenes photos of all the Carry On films. It's a wonderful collector's book. Yeah. You can get it uh, still now. But majority of the um, the filming locations uh, was at, let me just get this up here, uh, Dr. Watt's house. It was from Grange in Framewood Road, Wrexham in Buckinghamshire, still oh. there. It's a, it's a rest home. Uh-huh. Uh, 
Dan Dan's Toilets are the south entrance to Pinewood Studios in Ivor Heath. Yeah. Uh, Windsor was also used. A fire station, uh, which was actually uh, in the film, was called the police station. And that was at St. Leonard's Road, again in Windsor. It's all surrounded by Pinewood, of course. Yeah. Sergeant Bung's house is on Queen's Road in Windsor, still there. Uh-huh. And the romantic meetings of uh, Jim Dale and Angela Douglas was all filmed around uh, Pinewood in the, the roundabout by the forest. So, all stuff there. So, we'll go for the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like the the, 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 the the titles and the thing with that kind of foggy forest going on. I, an odd bod walking Yeah, through. well, I said that to me. It's got, it has got the feel of a hammer film. Well, it is basically a panache of a hammer film. Yeah, and that's what I loved about it when I was a kid because I grew up on hammer. And I think the one, the best thing about I think all of it is the atmosphere in the film. Mm. It's got a really good atmosphere. What lets it down, if anything, is the quality of the jokes. <laughs> but if you just look at it as a as a film, yeah. I think it probably looks the best film they've done. I, I really do. It's actually, it's actually got a very good plot in it as well. Yeah, it's exactly thought about. Degree, you know? Yeah, the end's a bit rushed, isn't it? Which yeah. we'll talk about later on. But you're right; it's actually decent. It reminds me a bit like the, you know, I love the mummy, mm. and it's very much like the mummy because that, you know, with him on the moors with the mummy walking around, yeah, yeah, which yeah. I think that was what it was all about, and that's why the mummy's in it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I like all that stuff, and it, you know, he's very, you know, he's got sort of that feel about it. But like I said, it's like, would a young person like that now if they'd never saw it? I well, the thing is though, is that how many younger people probably watch? What? Horror, uh, Hammer horror films now. That's it, they think it was well, a even, joke. Even classic horror films to a certain degree. I mean, Hammer is classic, but like yeah. an amicus. I mean, how many how many people watch yeah. those kind of films? I mean, we, we struggle to, we struggle to get some people to watch Bloody Raiders of the Lost Ark. So how are we going to... Well, that's why I think it's going to be a shame that I think in 20 years, 30 years, after our generation, mm. I think a lot of this stuff is just going to go away. Because I think but did they it's say, not going to be... Did they say that about stuff like Lowell and Hardy, though? Exactly. Mm. But there again, Lowell and Hardy was also repeated. It, it, yeah. I mean, that's what we do When's that sort of carry-on films been on the telly? Oh, on mainstream. Oh, mainstream TV. Well, it's always on BBC4 or something, isn't it? Yeah, like, it used to be on. I, but... But is there a reason for that, though, as we're going to go into We'll talk about later on about that. Okay, so... Uh, we see Oddbod walking along and then he blends into Albert and Doris uh, played by this is uh, uh, Jim Dale and uh, Angela Douglas like all the classic horror films two young lovers well they're not young that big he's not that young <laughs> but uh, two young lovers doing something illicit that's where all horror comes from yeah, yeah. and that I like that well they're not really doing anything they're not doing anything but I like Judy by his <laughs> I like some of the best jokes he's one he says about that isn't it <laughs> <laughs> oh dear me, yeah. And apparently, uh, every time Doris screamed, it really gave um, Jim Dale quite a bad uh, earache. Yeah, yeah. He kept screaming in his ear. Um, now, Doris assures someone's in the bushes, of course, I'm buzzing in. And uh, so Jim Dale, or Albert, goes off and sneaks up uh, and uh, has a look around and then comes back to find that Doris is gone because odd job, odd job, odd job, yeah. odd bod. Yeah, yeah. That's where the names come from, isn't it? Yeah. Has uh, kidnapped Doris, leaving a hairy finger. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, then yeah. we eager to report to the police and slow bottom interesting name phones Sydney and Emily Bung in bed <laughs> yeah no I love slow bottom <laughs> he's, he's brilliant oh, that, that, and that of course is played Peter by Peter Butterworth I think you know I think he's got some of the best gags in this thing I, yeah. I really you know Hallie Cobb is brilliant as yeah. we'll talk about he's brilliant there's not you know you know he's going to be good at it, but I think some of the gags at Peter Butterworth are like, <laughs> really really oh, good because yeah, yeah, yeah. he's just so shit he's, so dumb it's like everything he's that he's 
<laughs> how did he get to that position? How did he get there? That's like, well, I was watching that with there, Emma. And I was like, how did he get there? Interesting thing here, of course, is that uh, Harry H. Corbett plays Sidney Bong, still called Sidney, because it originally was supposed to be Sid James playing this role. All right. Uh, but he couldn't do it because of commitments to another project he was doing. So they brought in Harry H. Corbett. Do you know what? If it's better, I, I think I, I can't imagine better. Sid James doing it. I think Sid James is too filthy. I, I think he'd been let. I think Harry. Harry H. Corbett, in fact, Harry H. Corbett asked for the, some of the lines to be removed because he found it too saucy. And obviously they went, no, this is a carry-on film. But I think there's a bit of an innocence with his his attraction to Fenella Fielding's yeah, character yeah, yeah. because the fact that he's kind of like, he's not getting any at home. He's obviously belittled by his wife and he doesn't like her. Yeah. Yet I think if it was Sidney James playing it, it would have been, she'd have been there and he would have gone, Exactly. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I think all that wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't it. have worked with it. Now no, you say that, she, yeah. she needed to be the one in charge of it, which is ironic because in the end, but again, uh, we'll get to that in a bit. Do you like the way that Sydney's constantly nagged by Emily and the way she brings up the, the mother-in-law? Yeah, yeah, it is. But it's like when I was a kid, I remember watching it. I used to think, my God, married seems a nightmare. Because it's not. <laughs> Carry-ons are not really up for marriage, are they? No, as carry-on camping is... But have you noticed as well that they do seem to have a thing like in carry-on camping, Terry Scott is under the... Th- his wife just doesn't yeah, yeah, yeah. do anything. Because, I mean, that was like a staple of British comedy, wasn't yeah. it? Like, I think, you know, I think, you know, it all With comes po- from... postcard humour, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and variety, isn't it? Mm. Where my bloody... Like, we growing up, that's all... Blackadder. Oh, my God, they, wouldn't you the good day? You got the good day. <laughs> I got the good day. Yeah, you know, that was like, you know, you think of comedy when we were growing up. It was all about the mother-in-law, yeah. or you know, or the bloody wife, weren't it? Yeah, and yeah. Just get away, men can have fun on their own, and that is it, still true. It, it, <laughs> but, uh, but not so ever. No, 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 no. <laughs> but that's why you say you're thinking, why are you, why, why are you two together then? Yeah. Why are you two together? Hate each other. Because normally, like at least in carry on camping, no kids involved. So, so at least in carry on camping, he turns around and, and then he does become a bit more dominant, and she loves it because obviously that's like, clearly what happens. Yeah. But in this one, it, it just does not. I like the way Bung's dressed very much like Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it's yeah. obviously kind of setting that. That kind of. Well, Harry Harry Hayes would be great, you know. And, uh, oh, he's he's brilliant. He's such it? a good actor. I know he never got the chance. To well, be seen as a fan of Britain's Marlon Brando for a bit, weren't Oh, they? God, yeah, absolutely. And, he, and he, there's some nice interviews of he'd been saying about being typecast as, as Steptoe, and, and unfortunately he was. But well, he, even he, in this. Well, even in this, yeah, even in this, <laughs> they played the Steptoe theme tune. And also, if you look at his number plate of his car, it's HS. How old Steptoe? What? So they even do that to him before I They know who he is. Yeah. But the thing is, is that actually, I mean, he, he was in another TV series which only lasted one series for six episodes. And I, I can't, Gillies, I think, Gillies or Gingers, I think. Mm. But it's, it's, I don't think it's ever been released. And it's not, a little bit of clips available. But after I finish, after I go, right, look this up on YouTube, right? Harry H. Corbett, Shoestring. Oh, The character he plays in I remember Shoestring, right? He is evil honestly he's menacing yeah, he's got yeah. this kind of obviously must be Michael unless he did have a scar there on his chin and he's absolutely shooting's legging it through this wood and he's chasing him in a land driver and he gets like you wouldn't have said it's Harry H. Corbett it's only until like you, yeah. you look closer and you think that's, that's Harry H. Corbett he was two years before he died yeah. do you think he was quite bitter about how his career turned out there's a lot of people who turn around and say he was bitter it's like the whole thing of like I know they did that Seto and Son uh a drama with uh, Jason Isaacs. Do you know I never saw it? it. Oh, I'm, didn't you? No, it's I, been I edited now. So you, I'm not saw the original one. It's been edited slightly, so it's, it's not as vindictive as he was. All right. Um, I yeah, he was 
bitter to a little bit because of the fact that he knew he was a good actor. But like the whole thing about him and Wilfred Bramble hating each other, that, that was, yeah, I mean, they, they weren't, they didn't socialise with each other because Wilfred Bramble was like, you know, uh, homosexual yeah. and had his own little world and very posh, um, which you wouldn't think, of course, with yeah. a character. And Harry H. Corbett was a family man who 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 had you know he had his own life, so they didn't socialise. Like Top Gear in it, they don't spend any time with each other apart no, no, from when no, they're no. Just... You can be mates and not spend all exactly, yeah. But I think like when he died, Wilfred Bramble was in absolute tears. He was yeah. absolutely devastated by it. Um, so I don't think he. I mean, obviously he would like to be more. But not famous, not famous at all, isn't he? Exactly. That's I, what I, I say. About I things think. Like he, that. I mean, it's the, the end of Step Two and Son wasn't good for them, especially no. when they went to Australia. Yeah, that's they, it. Oh. they did the tour, and that wasn't good. And I think that affected him quite a bit. Uh, I think he got quite. I've a never seen that. that. Was he really? Yeah. Nah, I, I've not. I've read a lot about it. People said it was it awful. Was it? Awful. Yeah, I mean, it went down well in, in, in Australia, but when they brought it back, it wasn't because the times had changed. And I, I, I think that really bothered him. But it's funny because when you watch that, that I say when you watch that shooting, he was taking a different, yeah. st- a different way of acting. And he, I, I tell you, it, easily, if yeah. he'd only not had his heart attack, I think he would have been would yeah. have found another really important role. Uh, I, it's such a shame. But there's that, that episode in Steptoe where he wants to be an actor, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And people have said that was the, that was that was him, weren't yeah, it? They yeah. wrote that about it. Well, there's, there's another one so, episode in Steptoe where he wants to get away. And he wants to go, and he can't go. Yeah. It's heartbreaking episode. Yeah. Well, I always Again, find him sad. Anything. I always find him sad anyway. It's actually very sad oh, yeah. because they were poor. They yeah. were like, you know, they were like, you know, beggar. You know, the the bottom of the bottom weren't mm. they? Like Mag- and Bowman. Rag- yeah. You know, they, they they lived in the right. It was a dump, weren't it? With rubbish around them and no one in society like them. Yeah. No, anyway, let's get back to the. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we find Bong dressed as Holmes. He turns into stage, and they're questioning Albert a little bit. And he turns around and he says, "What are you doing in the woods?" And he goes, "Oh, we were getting fresh air and that." And he goes, "What's that?" And he goes, "Be like the other." Yeah, that's <laughs> no, when you know. That's when you know the jokes are going to be bad. But no, I like that joke because I put a bit of music in. Yeah. To, to let you know, there is a joke. It's like. The little joke, typical British humour, is that ping of the bloody <laughs> bedpan of the bed. Yeah. So like, yeah. no need for it. But I have to keep putting it in. It's like, got to get a joke in there. Yeah, and that's what, it's like, let's cram jokes in there whenever you can. Yeah. So if they're not funny, don't worry, there'll be another one round in a minute. And he's very much like that, isn't it? Well, stop kicking that minute. It's like, you know. Well, it's like the next joke is, so you went to the woods and how far did you go? And he goes, oh, not far, I've only known a year. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway Sydney and Albert go and investigate and slow button faints when he sees Oddball who attacks the car and he does your favourite bit in that. yeah yeah what is it well, it kicked, well no, he's walking around to the pool and he steps on the horn yeah now it's like can you get more base humour than it's just funny yeah. But there's a massive continuity yeah, because yeah, I've yeah. got destroys the car. Yeah, yeah. And then the next minute you see them, the yeah. car's perfectly fine yeah, yeah. with the. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, yeah. they, they drive past the house and nip in end. We see Bernard Breslau as Socket. Now, who does Bernard Breslau remind you of as Socket in this film? Is it like uh, Rocky Horror? I think it's a bit like Rocky Horror. I don't know. No, I don't no, know. Lurch from the Adams oh, family. Right. Interestingly enough, that hadn't come out over here yet. So ah. they didn't have any idea. So this that was purely Bernard Breslau's own interpretation of what a yeah. dead uh, kind yeah. of I like that joke, the way it's not really heavy for he happened when he's wearing slippers. Yeah. I like that joke. And what about when he kisses him and then the slippers turn up yeah, at the end? Right. <laughs> Don't make any sense. Don't what? send me back to the <laughs> yeah, <I> like <laughs> So anyway, we do see Fenella Fielding yeah. as Valerie Watt and kisses Scott and say this is socket and this is where he sees his feet turn up. Now um 
They want to see the master of the house who, uh, uh, you know, yeah, Socket has told him that he's dead. Yeah, but he'll see him in a bit. He'll see him in a bit. She goes downstairs to get uh, Orlando Watt, which is, of course, played by Kenny Williams. This is Dr. Watt, of course, um, where it, it's the take on Doctor Who, and he says, nowhere near regenerated, which is an interesting thing. Mm. Uh, and Dr. Watt says, uh, who, who are you, Dr. Watt? Who? He goes, no, he's my uncle. And Dr. Watt fades in and out. I like that bit where he fades out, mm. and they have to plug him in. Plug him, plug him in. Wouldn't that kind yeah. of like make yeah. you think a little bit? The way you do it in front of him as well. And no one blinks an eyelid to that. Uh, oh, it's just, well, it's really very weird. Some, some weird don't know, why it don't make any sense? No. <laughs> what no, is no. this spirit? <laughs> anyway, they go and take some, uh, uh, some kind of samples back to uh, their doctor's own house, which is Dr. Fettel, played by John Pertwee here in this very brief cameo role. This was uh, three years before he took over the role as Doctor Who. Oh, right. I was thinking I was going to ask you that, wasn't it, in that scale of that. Mm. But it's really... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he dies pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got the classic John Purvey open eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shock shock expression. Uh, They then go searching around, and they go to Dan Dan, uh, who was the toilet attendant, uh, played by Charles Horcher. This is a very dodgy scene. Interesting is that this was not meant to be Charles Horcher. This was meant to be somebody else, Sydney somebody. And uh, one of the American distributors turned around and said, we won't sell over here if you don't have Charles Hawtrey in it. Was that big so, a deal? Wasn't it? that big a deal, apparently. So they had to fit him in, and this was the only role they could give him. I think it does give some to the role, but basically he's just a peeping Tom. <laughs> I mean, he's just somebody who looks like he's got a, a glass floor, yeah, yeah, yeah. which we do have in England, which is where... That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, but, and where he just looks up and can tell... Yeah, and it's quite a sad existence, really. He's living in a toilet. In a toilet, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, just staring up at women's skirts. Yeah. Mm. And then he drowns in the toilet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, no, what will the others do? Nothing. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Now, Fat All, uh, he's got the finger, the hairy finger. <laughs> That's another thing. He goes there. Was this hers? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> he puts the finger into the electric machine, which then goes into Odd Bod Jr., yeah, yeah. who subsequently uh, kills uh, yeah. Fat Interesting thing as well is that the actor playing Odd Bod Jr. also stood in for Odd Bod Sr. when the person playing Odd Bod Sr. fell ill. <laughs> right. so, you know, why not? Um, now, Valerie in the dress, uh, there is a thing, we, we, you know, we sort of go, do, do you mind if I smoke? And then she goes, Yeah, that's a bit bizarre. But no, but like, Fernanda Field didn't know. Oh. I know, it's weird though, because there was loads of, it's a bit like Alvira's. Yeah, there was that one out of Ed Wood as well, called, I can't think of her name, spoiler, I can't remember name. Uh, Vampirish, that was cool. Yeah. And then there was a more, uh, Morticia Adams as well. It, there was always oh, that dark haired, like, yeah. you know, uh, what's it called, like a femme fatale, isn't it? Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely great. And that dress as well was the only dress they had, and she couldn't sit down in it. Oh, right. So she had to lean against the board or lie her down. Oh, right. <laughs> so that's why you never see her sitting down in the, in the, in the whole Good film. Point. Very, there you go. So, uh, we then see Doris as a dummy, uh, and of course, Kenny uh, going to be a dummy, and Kenny Williams says the classic line of flying tonight. Um, now, this is a weird bit where Sydney turns and he drinks the, the potion that she gives him and he turns into a, yeah, some kind of... this werewolf bit. Strange right? werewolf. Surely this is just added in to fill this. I, I, I just think I there's think bits so. in this, right? Oh, what are we going to do? We're gonna, it's going to be over mm. too quick. Because you probably could do this film in probably an hour, couldn't you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You know, it does drag him towards the end, doesn't it? The end does really drag him. Because like it's it. like, yeah, get round to the good, but then it's like, I like to put a werewolf in it for no reason. <laughs> it's a bit like the thriller video, isn't it? Yeah. Think about the thriller video. The thriller video... We were all sat up and watched when we were like... Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Not. Makes no sense. No. Right? He's walking down the thing. Zombies come out and he turns into a werewolf. Yeah, why? why? That's John Landis for you. <laughs> why? <laughs> why? 
No, he ends up driving his car with. Is it, no, it's Lurt. It's um, Socket, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is when you hear the Septo theme tune coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yes. he then goes to steal the dummy of Doris. Because they, they, yeah, because it's, it's a bit of a house of wax thing going on as well with this story. Well, Albert's seen the dummy and he's convinced it is, so they go and they yeah, go yeah, and steal yeah. it back. And uh, Werewolf Cindy goes and smashes the uh, the mirror and uh, of the mother-in-law, which are because he goes into that, yeah. <laughs> and then she blames it on the drink. Man, you must notice, <laughs> and he's got a massive hairy beard. I know, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and he wakes up in the bathtub, which which does quite, quite like that. They go and arrest Albert because apparently he's <laughs> but let him go because he's only got five toes no. and not six. Not six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slow button, then as a woman, so you've always got to have somebody in drag, especially in a carry on film. You, you know, like I said, I've, I've, I think, right, if you're going to show a, uh, someone from uh, other climes of the world, mm. British, not now, no. I'd say not now, because I think humour has changed now. I think post office and all that, things change, but growing up, this, you know, had everything that what British people found funny, <laughs> Dormant Entendre, and people just have a uh, really look, manly looking <laughs> men wearing dresses. Well, strange enough, rumours of Star Trek experience. There were some. There was um, loads of people doing it. But I, I, I saw. Did you see those ones dressed in the TNG skirts, right? And I thought, was it? And it suddenly dawned on me that in the first episode, you do see men wearing the yeah, dress style you, uniform. You do, don't yeah, you? you do. Yeah. Obviously, that didn't catch on. And I can see why, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, mean, I think about like you know, grew up, you, you know, Dick Emery and all these things. You just yeah. saw men, be, you know, all you know, so Runnies did it, didn't they? Uh, you what know, seeing men dressed up as women and it was, was normal. What was Dick Henry's catchphrase? Uh, was it, oh, you are awful, was it? And? Uh, what it was the full sentence? Oh, I'm awful, but I do like it. That's it, well yeah, yeah. Like, that. like I said, I don't know that since the time, but it sticks. It sticks in me. your head. I remember thinking at the time, that's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you are. I don't even look like women. <laughs> I thought that's the point. That was it? the point, That was the point, wasn't it? Because, again, it comes from a variety background, doesn't it? Yeah, well, you know, Les Dawson always dressed up as a woman, didn't he? Yeah, the, the, yeah, the two women <laughs> over the fence with uh, yeah, Roy Baddocklough. Yeah, Roy well, Baddocklough. Yeah. yeah, you're on form tonight, son. Especially about transvestites. <laughs> <laughs> I said to know all the Rocky Oliver, you are. Now, uh, Slowbart gets caught by Oddbart, who also loses an ear. Uh, ear today, gone tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> this is when the jokes start getting really bad now. Especially Kenny Williams, where they finish them really quick, so you've got time to think about it. Sydney and Albert share a room, uh, and there's a snake in the bed. I do like that, there's a snake in the bed, you start thinking he's touching him. I do like That's that. That's a really rude joke, isn't it? it? Is it? It's a really rude <laughs> joke, as a king, yeah. It's a trouser snake, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't get away with that. Now, not in a kiddie thing. No. What's that, Robin not be back? In here, Robin not be back? Yeah. <laughs> Oh dear man. Anyway, Oddwood comes out. Anyway, they do get to escape and uh, and uh, they hide in the blankets. Now they find Emily Bunk in a crate, and because he says slow button, goes oh, there's something really old and ugly here. Look at this. It's old boy. Look at the size of it. And even uh, Doctor Watt turns says, we can't use it. We can't use her. Look at the size of her. It's and really it, bad. This is what you were we saying. Were saying. You remember you said that yeah, this yeah, bit you found really I found it really uncomfortable because. And I've always said this. I mean, I, I think uh, Joe Sims is often maligned quite a lot, I think. And it's a shame because, one, she's a very attractive woman. Yeah. Two, incredible actress. But she's always she been... the battle axes, didn't she? She's always been the battle axes. The butt of the jokes. Even when she was in the early ones, like Carrie on Nurse, where she was always the nurse who was didn't quite get it yeah. right. Yeah, Do you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? I think it's slightly different than Carrie on Teacher, I think. I think it's slightly different. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I just really fell for it because I thought to myself... This is an actress who's having to to lie here now. Yeah, I and mean, she's read the script. She knows what it is. But but, but, but they contracted. They, they, they signed up for. 
Oh God! Yeah. Is that how it worked? Did you have to? Did they have to do it? I don't think they had to do so that. So they weren't signed on to like a longer so. deal. It's just about that, you know. In them days, a film's a film, isn't it? You, you do it. And that. I do have, I do have Joan Simms' biography. And I haven't read. It. I will read it, and I'll yeah. I'll talk about it on the next show. Yeah, yeah. But I do really feel for her because you know Hattie Jakes was a large woman, and and she used her size to be part of the her yeah, role in whatever she did. Men, and it? still, no, of course, he didn't stop a gay man at all. Um, but it also contributed to her acting. But Joan Sims, you know, yeah. I, I loved her in that one with um, uh, with uh, you know Dennis Waterman and Sam Kelly. You know, uh, just just the one, Mrs. You know, that that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I, she was really good in that, yeah. and I feel so much for her because she just constantly been having a go as soon as the unsexy one and I just didn't think it was you know I mean obviously I'm not saying that this that's the important thing but when you're constantly that's your constant thing oh you're flumping you know no, it's like, I just don't it's, it's, not, not, you know, it's not what we're talking about what we, we are going to talk about it I know you should never take modern ways and put it onto old history but with the carry on films you can't help it no. I, I don't care who you are. Mm. It, it, you know, some of the sexual politics and gender politics is fucking dodgy, isn't yeah. it? And that is being... And this is what you're saying, why they, I think the nut they wouldn't show them to kids anymore. No, and it's they, funny because we, I was going to put I was gonna on... Say, the, you, actually, no, I would put on the early black and white ones. They were different, though. I'd, I'd probably put on Carry On Cleo, because then Carry On... And carry, yeah. Not Carry On Henry... Um, carry on camping now, carry on right? I don't I, well this is the thing that we you'd have to about. talk to her about it wouldn't I you? think the thing is is that and I watched carry on camping not long ago and you know I enjoyed it because I, I you know I mean, when, I was young, when I was younger I'll be honest I was waiting for the barber window top to come off but it's not it was only until the, the last time I watched it I was sitting there thinking to myself hold on a minute this is a, a boarding school of young girls so they must be under 16 or meant to be 16 under or, or something and they're being lecturer at by two clearly late fifties men yeah. in a tent, and and they're saying, "Oh, you're going to come over to our tent," and they're going, "Oh, yeah, I'll come there." And I don't know why why they would find them attractive yeah. anyway, whether it's because of the excitement of an older man. But it's not until then you look at it and you yeah. think, "This is what the likes of you know Ralph Harris and Jimmy Savile have been done for." Yet we're finding it in the funny. film funny, yeah. And part of it is still is because the interesting thing is, I suppose the get out clauses. Is one they never do win. They never yeah. do get the girl, oh, like, and they always something always something always happens. It's like what you said at the beginning of it. They're in the film watching a naughty film with their girlfriend. With the girl, it's like it shows you how the British attitude to sex is odd, and it especially was then we were highly conservative, mm. but also filthy. Yeah, the, the body humour. It's always been in Britain. You're just looking at, you know, looking at the biggest selling companies or the route we got with Ride Should Be Brown and that. Yeah. And any big, you know, 20,000 people watching him. Filth. Mm. And I remember as a kid thinking, why are we all so, we're sort of obsessed with sex in Britain. Yeah. We are. Well, but we that. don't want to talk about yeah. it. So we put it out. And if you look at our culture in the 70s, not now, because I think no, it's now, dim now. now. But even the 80s had changed a lot, but the 70s were terrible. And, you know, and, you know cause it'd be quite interesting if you're like, you could do a good like college course on if you're like a feminist about the, how the attitudes changed. Not so much carry on, uh, I'd say carry on screaming, but that carry on camping and carry on abroad and mm. that. It's like the women were in it for one reason. Carry yeah. on girls is the, is I think. Carry I on know girls. they get their own well, back, but there's a build up where it's just all about girls. It is, basically, it's and just, that's it's all it is. Yeah. Let's bring more girls in with massive. 
Johnson. And, and that's all it is. Which, because I when I was 12 and that, I found that, what you watch now, it just leads you with a I bit think, weird. I think you're right as well. And I think it's like, you, I, I, I really enjoyed um, Carry On Sergeant, Carry On, I oh, wasn't in the Spying is a classic. Spying, the one in the army, which is the first one, of course. Yeah. Uh, you know, all those early ones, there's more, there's, there's, there's always the hapless bloke who's in love with the woman. And I quite like that because there's an innocence to it. Yes, it's very 1950s. You know, you, you find someone you yeah, want to yeah. love and you woo them and you buy them. And that's like the Norman Wisdom films, which I know you're not a fan of. But, yeah, yeah. No. But the thing is, what's nice about those fa- those films is the fact that he's playing the lowly guy that he is, yeah, not having yeah. any luck. And, that, and you root for him and you want him to get that girl. And that's what's good about those films. And that's what the early carry-on films are. Yes, they are stupid. And some of them did come from like radio, such as like around the horn. We've, especially in carry-on spine with Kenneth Lee. Oh, I like Kenneth spine a lot. I like it. But as it grows on, teachers are teachers very similar, similar to some It's funny how it changed, isn't it? It's funny. Well, I wonder where, why, why did that... I know the times have changed, you know, that to... Like you were saying, it was always like uh, all that confessions movies, and well, the, it was, there was a lot of that soft porn around I mean, in the seventies. Yeah, the it like, was quite a big thing. Robin yeah. Asquith. There's always things on there like, and but it was a weird time. Well, we, we never stopped in that. It's like Rita Sue and Bob too is it, very similar to that, which I don't like. Oh, it's, I, it's I don't so like that grimy film. that film. It is, and, but it's also very sexual, and it's about two girls who are. Uh, uh, oh yeah, it's about the roost to a certain degree. Still dodgy. They're under underage. underage. I think it's very well handled that though. Almost slightly like the retweets of it. You know that it's wrong, you know, but it's very well, very well written. Yeah. Well but I think there was a point in the scene where they've gone past that kind of innocent humour. And you look at the times where England was not in a great place. We're oh. starting to have like, you know, um, we was having strikes. We was, three day, know, three, four three day, day weeks. Week. Yeah, yeah. So it got to the point, I think, where, no, where people were, had enough of... Oh, gentle humour. They wanted someone to actually like go... Like, everything got more violent. More violent, yeah. I mean, so, so that represents that kind of thing, yes. I think. And once you get a hit, that's the choice. If you get a hit with a, something that's slightly, you know, uh, lecherous, and why would you, from a business point of view, go uh, back oh, yeah. to win-win? At the time, it's not... There's nothing did, perceived no, as but did that. they make a lot of money at the time? Were they big yeah. deals? Peter, Peter Rogers, uh, the, the, the production crew, got shitloads of money for it. They made loads of money. The crew didn't. No. The cast and crew got nothing. They were signed to a contract. Yeah. And they got peanuts. That's what Kenneth Williams was really angry about. Uh, they didn't get hardly anything. For, no, no residues, no royalties. Or no royalties. No, not at all. They didn't get anything like that. That's why they were all still poor. That's why they, they, they you know, Charles Rogers rubbing food, rubbing food, and, and died, lost his legs. You know, I mean, there's nothing funny about what happened to them. I mean, you know, he died. Kenny Williams committed suicide. You're probably the only ones who actually did really well with people like Jim Dale. But he went to America and became, actually he went in the West End, became Barnum. Yeah, yeah. And then and then he's very successful in America doing the Harry Potter books. As Stephen Fry did him over. Yeah. Uh, I I think as well. It's like you got you know as you said. Then we had the, the Confessions films, which ironically was written by an educated man. Yeah. yeah. But under a different name. Now, is that because the fact that there's, you know, that all that repression that comes from, you want to let it loose and you let it post loose by si- writing it? Mills and Boone, all this kind of yeah, stuff. I you think know? It's, there was that post 60s thing. I think liberation had happened. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of people just talk about the 60s, but actually, a lot of the things that you think about in the 60s was the 70s. What? Sexual <laughs> liberation, a lot of it come in the 70s, what? but also. it went over. With these, it's over the market. Mm. I think, right, if the blokes, if the men it would have been more like their age, yeah. And I think that's the thing with the Confessions movies. He was the he, same. He's, a, he's just a bloke. Yeah. You can't get in it. You know it's like when you're in your early 20s, you think about sex quite a lot, mm. and you're always lecturing at things, right, it's terrible, but you are. Yeah. But these are men who yeah, should like, know better. Like, you've got a daughter, right? If yeah. you say, when you go camping, 
And you, you see Team 58 year old men <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they're beckoning you say you fucking found a place. Yeah, yeah. Then that's the thing. I, I think that's the thing as well. It, it's, it's, I was thinking about the other day where I was trying to work out justifications to certain points. And there are, and to be fair to Carry On, there are certain films that actually its roles reverse. Carry On Cabby is a classic example of that, where uh, the wife sets up her Babs Cat, not Babs Cat. It's a 60s film, it's a 60s film. But she kind of beats him at that. And I think there's also, I mean, the one who's carrying the convince where it's a union thing is not too bad. I don't mind that film, because actually, because, because I forgot the sex in that. He's not in it, really. No, no, no. Because no, no. it was like industrial relations where he was that an act to put that in. Yeah. But it, it's like. It's but then carry on, on girls carry and on girls. Oh, carry on, I'm not too sure about Carry on London. I don't remember. Well, that, that hasn't been made yet. But then you got like Carry on Emmanuel. Now you can't get much. Which no, that's the last I have the not lane. seen. Oh, yeah. I can't bring myself. It's, I think I need to take my disc back. Yeah. Really, but I think it's because of the fact that one, I, I think I've seen clips of it. And this is the point where we sue for Carry on just for laughs and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, how much more low? And he was the last Carry on film to be yeah. done. And apart from Carry on Columbus, which I don't think counts. No, right? no, no. Because they tried to do the same thing. It's a bit like when they did that remake of um, Are You Being Served? Yeah. You know, there's something, hearing Molly Sugden turn around and say, oh, I've got to get home and stroke my pussy. Right. And you know she's talking about her cat. Yeah. But there's something quite funny about that in the 70s. But when you remake oh, it, you're oh. there going... No, the reason why I laugh at it watching it then is because it was made in the 70s and it's that yeah. winking well, that, you kind of Well, that's, you what try, that's why they tried to put Julian Clary in it. Mm. Oh, like Carry on Columbus. Yeah. Who and I Mick quite Mallory. liked his double arm tantrums. You know, Gang Innuendo is another thing that we're quite big in in Britain. Mm. But it's just a bit too filthy. It's funny because I think, I think the, the Gang Innuendo thing is a lot more acceptable because it's done by people who are gay. I think it actually works. And we all well. find that funny. We all, mm-hmm. I mean, Ricky Gervais makes I, a great I, I, I think as well. The one thing that is it makes it more dubious, of course, is the fact that Sidney James ended up having an affair with Barbara Windsor, who was like twenty or thirty years younger than him. I can't well, remember it, the age. He was a, he was quite predatory, though, wasn't he? He was, wasn't he? I think he was more obsessed. I think more than anything like that. I, I don't know his full background, but I'm, I bet you any money it's not innocent. Uh, no. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, let's just finish this little bit about the uh, the film. So um, now, Rubber TT, which I do like the name of that, Rubber TT. The no, 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 I like that gag because it's a silly. But it is. But it, it's kind of I don't know. It feels slightly shoehorned in, right? He comes alive and then get what gets chased. He falls into the vat, and then it ends up with Albert and Doris getting no. Ends up with Albert and Doris getting married, and then it ends up with uh, yeah. Albert. Is it Albert? Yeah. Albert. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, the Harry H. Corby character. Hooking up with Vanilla Fernandez, making her cookies dinner, <laughs> which he seems quite happy about, but still. Yeah. And then, but the worst thing is, he's got his wife, who's now a dummy, standing in the living room, almost like a hat stand, yeah. and she winks. Yes, yeah, so that doesn't make any sense. I mean, that does not make no, any no, sense no, no. whatsoever. So, I mean, the ending is what. Now, she, what, what I don't like, and what I really don't like, is that throughout that film, she is. I mean, both her and Kenneth Williams are great as his kind of brother and sister. I think he was meant to be originally her dad, but they decided to act around about the same age. The fact that she's in charge and she's the one who sort of like is like make, you know seducing him mm-hmm. is really good. And he falls and she does it really well. And Harry H. Corbett, as you said, plays it totally different than what Sidney James would do. So he's more sort of like innocent. And then that repression comes out of the fact that he's in a sexless relationship and he yeah, goes yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As we know, it would have been the opposite of Sidney James. But then all of a sudden at the end, why is she like a servant to him? Is that, is that kind of thing? He said, look, I won't arrest you. I know. You can come and be at my house and 
Do you know why don't we stick with the, the, the carry-ons? Were they very tightly scripted or were they adding stuff in a lot? Mm, I think they were tightly scripted. They were? Yeah. I don't think there was much... I, don't, I might be wrong. I don't know. Because you can't imagine, like, you know, yeah. You know, that's the worst thing, you know, Kenneth Williams, you know, he's brilliant, then, but he was so much better than it were, not he? He's so much a better actor. I mean, that's, I, that's an annoying thing. I and mean, it's... It's a shame because, you know, you watch some of his earlier films. Mind you saying that's exactly the same as Sid James when you watch yeah. Sid James' earlier films. Um, the stuff that he did was great. In fact, all of them. I mean, Terry Scott was a, was a good actor. He, he was, I mean, he's a bad as well. I mean, um, I can't remember. Somebody or somebody somewhere uh, knows his daughter. He, he didn't, right. didn't admit to, should we say. Oh, right. So, I think there's a few of that going around. Uh, 70s, man. It was a crazy... I and mean, apparently he wasn't a nice guy either. Well, no. Well, you kind of think of him as in Terry and June, don't June. you? Yeah, no, yeah, no. He always got to me. Had an air of arrogance. He had an air of arrogance about him. I yeah. think. I think he's someone who thought he was great. Well, he says something where he played Tarzan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, can we up the jungle? What? Yeah, it's good, but my God's got some dodgy stuff in it, hasn't it? Well, again, you've got somebody blacked up. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Bernard law, to be fair. <laughs> Man, everything that's like, uh, well, it's not necessarily the time, you don't really, it's only when you go back. And like I said, I think if you were like American or something and you didn't know them, you watch no. them, you'd think, what the hell? What the What? You know what we should do? We really should do uh, Sir Henry of Orleans and End, because right. that's an interesting thing. Do you know, I've only saw that film once. Really? I've only ever saw it once. Oh, Lindy, yeah. Because I've, I've got it on copy somewhere. Anyway, so. yeah. anyway we do have. We do have some comments. We do have some comments first. Let me read the comments out. Uh, Nigel Bromley, uh, I told him, because you all know that we are doing our next uh, our next podcast is about Sexy Beast, and our Christmas episode, because it's always on Christmas, is The Good and Bad and the Ugly. Mm. Not very Christmassy. It's not okay, but that's yeah, what I think of Christmas. That's yeah. what you think of him. Uh, Nigel, Nigel, who of course uh, some of you may remember, who was also on our uh, podcast that we did, and I can't remember what it was now. That's good. Was I on it? No, no, you split your bastard. I refuse to listen to it. If I'm on it, why would I want to listen to it? Especially wouldn't listen to me about me. What's point in that? It's one I listen to every day. I'm listening to your podcast for a moment. Oh, it was the advertising one. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, I can listen to that. He's a good one, actually. Very good, actually. You weren't missed. It's better one. Anyway, (laughs) Nigel Bromley says, Great choice. He's my favourite carry-on with some lovely performances from a great cast. And for once, some good sets and locations. I wonder if the budget was bigger for that one. Flying tonight and odd bodies are genius names. Do you mind if I smoke? There you go. Uh, David Griffiths. Uh, no relation to Derek, I presume. Uh, uh, carry on screaming, I should like this a lot more than I do, but it always falls a bit flat for me. Uh, the best parts are taken by guest actors rather than the carry on team who are reduced to secondary characters. Williams gets an okay crack of the whip, but his screen time is limited. And there are a lot of good points. The production is sumptuous and probably looks a lot more expensive than he actually was. Charles Hawtrey gets a good single scene and there are some good chuckles to be had. Mm. Good point, though, actually. I think mm. we, I think yeah, that's what we said. It's, it's, it's the production's the best about it. Uh, Ron Sutherland says, Never too keen on Carry On Screaming. Prefer the less sophisticated ones. <laughs> the less sophisticated. Jesus. Uh, and he talks a little bit about there about Sexy Beast, which I'm not going to say. Because yeah. uh, we'll mention that later one. Uh, I lo- uh, Phil Hayes, our mate Phil, says, I love Carry On Screaming. Top quality Doctor Who joke in it as well, even if it goes all the way back to musical. Uh, Mark Bennett, great choice. He's nearly caught up on all your podcasts, so running out of things to listen to. Oh, right, oh, yeah. him. oh and he did. He did ask actually, Mark, if we do have a PayPal donation page. We do have yeah. a PayPal donation page. You can find it on our Podbean, waffleon.podbean.com. It's on the right hand side. Just click on it and stick in whatever you'd like to donate. Yeah. Lucy Boxby says, uh, loved most of the carry-ons as a kid, but probably only ever seen clips of screaming in "What a Carry On." 
Uh, she also has no idea what's going to be in the assessment about going back in the ugly. So mm. that's our email. Thank you all for taking the time to write on our Facebook page, which you can come and join. Anyone can, as long as you answer the question. Yeah. If you don't answer the question, you don't get in. And we've got another email. We do, mate. It's another one <laughs> from Rob Clay. Look who's back. <laughs> and as before, I do apologise if anyone finds it annoying, the fact that I'm laughing as yeah, I've been yeah. there. I know that probably does annoy some people. Uh, but it's our podcast. Yeah, yeah, no. I don't care. Leave. Yeah, <laughs> no, okay, see leave. you uh, Don't let the door smack you as you leave. Again, I haven't read this, so I do apologise uh, to you, okay, Callan, yeah. and, uh, and to Emma over here, who's uh, yeah. trying not to listen. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Hello, Waffles. How is you and Mad Dog Face Kelly? <laughs> I has a new job, Waffles, but I loses it. I gets a job at Starbucks Waffles, but a man called Clint thumped me in the face because he said I did... <laughs> because he said I did puts the L and I in his name too close together uh, when writes on his cup. It's a good joke. Is it? Think about it, Clint, Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good joke. Well done, Bob. Uh, I had to think about that one. Uh, together, I mean, rides on his cup. Makes me sad, Waffles. I has a new girlfriend, Waffles. She isn't a gypsy like the other one, but she is from Russia. <laughs> I think. And her legs aren't big enough for her body, which I think is sexy. She had... <laughs> she has big bosom like mum, which is nice. <laughs> we go to the date... And the fair, and she won a big fish by arm wrestling. Then we wank in the park. <laughs> then we wank in the park. Very romantic. I very pissed off with Mad Dog when he calls me Cockteeth. He is one star. What the fuck are talking about? What is that about? Insect Pete, mum still angry with Goosey for calling me insect. You excited for Halloween? Has you ever seen a ghost? I has. I was in a graveyard with mum late one night. <laughs> we was behind one of the gravestones when I heard a scary sounds. We stops and looks and I hear a spooky noise again. I too scared to look, but I look and sees it. And what we see scares me as a face was there and it looked like Benny Hill. He was very fright. I write you a poem called Mad Dog. Mm. Mad Dog is a ginger man and I is his biggest fan. He has a magnificent tash and he works for British Gas. <laughs> I, I loves it when he comes to read my meter and he lets me pipe him up and he loves it. And that was Rob K, everybody. <laughs> so, uh, That's a lovely poem there. That was a nice, nice poem. <laughs> uh, you saw the new Halloween, didn't you? It's Just man, before it's, we leave. It, yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. Any, uh, I know I didn't put it on there, but I will talk about it again. It's superb. Oh. Superb. Super, that's Superb. That's a very pronounced. Yeah, um, just, it's just like everything you... Maybe because all the others have been quite disappointing. Mm. Uh, but, you know, if you watch that, and the, watch the third, the original, and that together, it'd be a brilliant, brilliant double bill. Because it is really a sequel. And yeah. I, I, it is a sequel. And they explain away all the other films. You know, a soldier, in a yeah. really good way. Mm. Oh, he's just another person with that mask. I don't mean it's him. Which is true, isn't it? Because you always get copycat exactly, killers. Yeah, but yeah. it's just good. You know, it's not scary. Because it's quite hard to scare you when you get older, isn't it? It is, really. Right? But it doesn't rely on jumps, which I hate jump scares. <sighs> it doesn't... It, it's creepy. Mm. And when it's bloody, it's really, really bloody. But it's just good because... It, it's Jamie Lee Curtis. He's amazing in it. She's turned into Sarah Connor in it. 
that oh, yeah, yeah, very yeah. much so but it's just the, the, I told you mirroring at the end where she goes on where she's in charge yeah and it, it's brilliant where she's got in capture it's brilliant like I don't want to give it to her but it's such yeah. a good film I'm hoping I'm going to go and see it so that's yep. a, out of the cinema now mm-hmm. so anyway uh, thanks for listening we'll be back next month with Sexy Beast which we will be back we, we can actually confidently say yeah and uh, you'll all be pleased to know that I have now purchased all three Crocodile Dundee Yay! movies whether I watch the third one because he was shit he might be uh, speed, speed through it I think Skip I can, you know what I'm, t- I'm tempted <laughs> I'm tempted to just I think we'll just really cover that Crocodile Dundee his plastic surgery's too weird in that third one it's like a Gordon Ramsay who <laughs> sat in front of the fire too long basically that's what it is uh, yeah, so please do listen to Jen's uh, blurb in a moment. That'll tell us all, tell you all about where you can go if you want to join us on Facebook. As I said again, we have had quite a few new members join, and about I'd say seventy percent of them have answered the question. It's a security yeah. question, and there's some dubious ones on air who obviously we feel you need to do it. Especially there's like a uh, woman wearing a bikini on it. Yeah. Somehow I don't think they're joining. Laugh on I don't think they're Oh, and we did have a we have a wonderful email which is going to be. Uh, we'll talk about it more on our next podcast. Yeah. But I'm going to put the information up on our Facebook page. The link to a YouTube video will be on the show notes. And it's basically about the producer of Get Carter. Well, We've had... It's uh, blown, he, he's blown out a tiny yeah, mind. <laughs> his son, uh, his son's agent, I should say, has been in touch asking <laughs> if he can be on the podcast. It'd be weird because we pre-recorded all these, but we, we kind of inserted uh, yeah. this bit in. And um, I just don't think he's hoping it's some kind of really sneaky machine. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you know, just from yeah. work now, mate. So to, <laughs> no, well, <laughs> well, we have to go to it. One of our listeners, Brad, has, has, has sent us a few emails asking me as advice on podcasts, which I'm more than happy to get. get and, uh, but I think he was under the impression we had like a mixing device. No, I, we just use a task and recording device and yeah. stick it in between us. Which is, which is the, in. <laughs> do you want to know something? Huh? The, the joke at the beginning of Halloween, Yeah, they've got that. What, our one? Yeah. Oh, really? Well, one like, I'm sure I couldn't get. I'm going. Well, well, probably probably one bit more expensive. And they keep, are we journalists? You find out now they're doing a podcast, and that's the joke that ah. people who are really doing podcasts call themselves journalists and that now. It's just sure. like, that's how we got our press pass. <laughs> <laughs> so talking on a thing like that. Oh really? There you go. Yeah. Ah, it's probably the one that is. Do you look a little bit like that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's the upgrade of that one. Yeah, but it is the still. It's not we really can't journalists. Afford, we, can't we can't afford, afford that. that. <laughs> no, forget that. Anyway, thanks for listening. We'll see you next month. Cheerio! Okay, whoa, hold your horses there, Wafflers, before you leave. Uh, as you just heard, me and Cal quickly inserted uh, a little bit about the email we got from Ben Herbert. Um, I'm really excited about this film that uh, he's involved with, and I just want you to read the email to you uh, that he sent us. Um, so here we go, okay? Uh, this uh, Ben is the assistant to the British film producer... Tony Klinger. Now, Tony's father was a legendary film producer, Michael Klinger, who made the notable works such as Cul de Sac with Roman Polanski, Gold with Roger Moore, and most famously, Get Carter with, of course, Sir Michael Caine. Now, Tony has been working on a documentary film about the life and work of his late father, and it will be premiered on the 3rd of November of this year, which is 2018. Uh, now, obviously, we're quite into uh, British film, uh, as you know, otherwise you wouldn't be listening to this and any kind of film, really. But most notably, we do love our British films. And Get Carter is, of course, one of our favourites. We covered it on a podcast recently. So this is the reason why I really want to kind of promote this. Um, so I'm going to read you a little bit of the bio of, uh, of who Tony is, which Ben kindly wrote. 
And then I'm going to read you the email address, sorry, not the email address, the web address of where you can find the trailer. Um, this web address will also be in our show notes on Podbean. Uh, it will also be on our email address that I'm going to send out. Uh, and it's also going to be on our Facebook page. Um, that will, obviously, if you're a member of the Facebook page, you can get it. I'll also tweet it, and I'll also tweet it on my own personal page, which is at Hawkeye Meds. Okay, so here's a little bio of Tony. <coughs> Excuse my coughs. At school in the UK, Tony won two national prizes for writing competitions with some pals and ran a successful underground school magazine. By the age of 18, Tony was making his own small professional films that received wide public distribution. Klinger worked on the iconic TV series The Avengers and in the following years wrote and or produced films all over the world such as The Kids Are Alright, now that's one of my favourites because that's The Who, uh, Deep Purple Rises Over Japan, The Butterfly Ball and many, many more. Over a distinguished award-winning career, Tony served as company president or chief executive for media companies in the United Kingdom and in the USA. Tony later worked in partnership with his father, the legendary film producer Michael Klinger, who made such films as Get Carter, Repulsion, Cul-de-Sac, Gold, Shouts the Devil and Rachel's Man, and several other Tony's collaborations to make such films as Full Circle. He knows what it's like to work with stars, having done so with people like Jack Nicholson, Peter Ustinov, Lee Marvin, Sir John Gielgud, Roger Moore, Deep Purple, Bob Parkins, The Who, Peter Finch, Susanna York, Michael Caine and many, many others. Tony's have led more than 100 productions ranging from documentaries to cinema feature films and TV movies of the week in various leading roles in more than 30 countries. He also went on to become a hugely successful university academic, serving as a lecturer and program leader at the Bournemouth Film School and course director, then visiting fellow at the Northern Film School and director of the Media Production Centre and headed up two other directorates at the University of East London. Tony has served on many international boards, such as the Association of Media Practice Educators, AMPE, as National Secretary. Now, you can find uh, the uh, trailer and more information from this web address, HTTPS, uh, you know, the two dots forward slash. Let's just get to the www, shall we? www.tonydklinger.com forward slash the dash man dash who dash got dash carter. Okay, so that's www.tonydklinger.com forward slash the dash man dash who dash got dash carter. And a huge thanks uh, again to Ben Herbert for getting in touch with us. And we're hoping uh, maybe next year, because unfortunately we have recorded, um, we, we do tend to every now and again, we will head of steam, record our episodes, but hopefully we'll be able to have a chat with Ben or Tony uh, next year. So please do visit that website, check out the trailer, retweet all our information, let's get this uh, documentary out there and celebrate such a wonderful producer. Okay, that's me out. We'll see you next month for Sexy Beast. You've been listening to Waffle On. If you'd like to get in touch or join the mailing list, you can by emailing the guys at waffleonpodcast at gmail.com. You can also have some waffly fun by joining their Facebook page. Simply type in Waffle On Podcast in the search bar and away you go.
This has been a Waffle On production. Copyright Simon Meddings and Mark C. Kelly.